The following program is in no way representative of the high-quality programming usually heard on the Maverick Radio Network. The views expressed and fishing techniques demonstrated are not endorsed by this station. The following is not a news broadcast. Don't say that. Don't give up hope. I'm already giving it up. It's public radio, Ton. There's always a chance. Gave it right up. Long ago. Hey, welcome to the five count. Here it is. If you're just joining us, uh, you missed out. Ton has been talking for the last 25 minutes about how he is a, quote, (laughs) fuddy-duddy. I don't don't know that I feel that way, but... Whatever. He's worried that uh, computers are slowly taking over and everyone's going to forget how to be old-fashioned and sit on the porch and whittle a stick and they're all just playing them damn video games and he's not having it. I mean, he's going to have to have it, but he don't like it. It's not exactly what I said, but whatever. Oh, well, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but... I could never sound as wise as Ton, but that, uh, that's the gist of it from what I understood. Yes, sure, whatever you're, you say. You're playing too many video games out there, listener. You're sitting around, wasting your life, listening to public radio, which, by God, I can think of 5,000 things better to do than that. I mean, not when this show's on. This is quality time well spent. I mean, like, you know, Afropop and the True Punks. I mean, if you're sitting around listening to that stuff, when we're off the air and you leave it on this station and you're listening to those shows, somehow you're hearing jazz somewhere, then you got issues, man. You got problems. You got serious problems. Or maybe you just work a night shift. Maybe you just work a night shift and you leave the radio going. That's fine. That's acceptable, right? Maybe a guy is out there staying up super late writing a book or something. And he just leaves the radio on, and he listens to you, and he listens to true punks and Afro pop and overnight jazz. That's commendable, right? It depends. What if he's writing a book about like uh, catching Pokemon at the bus stop or something? Uh, I guess I don't know. You see that, Ton? Yeah. If you're writing a book about the stuff that you were just warning against, then it's like you're part of the problem. So instead of buying all that stuff, spending all that time, just hang out with Ton and he will show you the way. You'd be like Ton's apprentice. (laughs) My apprentice. I don't know if I have the answers. I'm just more afraid of what the future holds for 
for my little Sophia and for your oh. child and for all these children growing up right now. It's, I, I thought public radio was your number one priority. It is right now. For these few moments. This evening, public radio and doing the greatest radio of all is my top priority. Ton, we've got a big show tonight. Do we really? It's pretty big. Like, I mean, I don't want to waste your life for the next two hours, but I mean, if you're going to die anyway, you've been dying since birth. So, I mean, like, you got to spend the time somehow. So, if you're done writing a book, take a break and listen to uh, the five count for like in the next hour and 58 minutes. Death is a goal, my friend. What are we doing? Uh, we've got a special guest on the program tonight comedian actor Mark Price. Mark Price. Uh, you might know him as Skippy from Family Ties. Yeah, man. Or you might even know him a little bit better as the Ragman from Trick or Treat. Oh, man. This is the 35th anniversary of the film Trick or Treat. Really? Starring Mark Price. That's crazy. And Gene Simmons as a knockoff Wolfman Jack. Yeah, that's weird. We're going to play the whole soundtrack in its entirety tonight. Fastway. Featuring Five Count alumnus, Fast Eddie Clark. Yeah, man. Formerly of Motorhead. Rest in peace, by the way. He was one of the many Five Count alumnus we've lost in the last uh, three years. It's been quite a few. Kind of kind of, kind of creepy. It happens, Ton. That's why you have to do what Ton says and spend your time wisely, because you might be dead soon, and then you'll be like, oh, man, I wish I hadn't spent all those hours sitting around playing video games and training chocobos and drinking surge i could have been out like doing something important and saving the planet i don't know what a chocobo even is what is that it's a gamer thing ton i thought you'd be better than that man i don't know what don't you was. remember final fantasy 7 i never played any of the final fantasy games want to talk about wasting your life i clocked in a good hundred hours plus on that game really and you know what happens what I don't know. It's on a memory card that I probably lost somewhere. No, it's probably in my basement right now. Wasted. That whole section of my life. But was it wasted, Ton? Or were the memories I have of all the things I unlocked and all the fights I had with Sethroff or whatever his name was? I mean, maybe that was all worth it. I mean, maybe. I could have been sitting out on a stump somewhere staring into space meditating. Or I could have been, like, playing Final Fantasy. Either way... I'm wasting time looking at the clock, waiting to die. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you never know, I guess. Hmm. Not really sure about that. Ton's in a bit of a fuddy-duddy mood. I like to get him all, like, horribly depressed and then hit record. Hit the airwaves. Because I don't think you could handle Ton at his best. 100% (laughs) Ton, you couldn't handle it. So I got to kind of, like... Slow him down a little bit. It's been several years since we've had 100% ton. I've been getting broken down for the past several years now. I just get broken down slowly and surely. I mean, ever since marriage, really. That's what that's about, right? Oh, now you sound like Al Bundy or something. I feel like Al Bundy. When do you think the peak ton years were then, if you had to guess? That's hard to say. Sometime in the early 2000 teens? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. That's hard to say, dude. So have you hit a miserable plateau, or are you continuing to decline every year? It's, uh, continual decline so far. Okay, so what we're hearing now 
was a little better last year, but will probably be a little better than next year. Yeah, probably. If I had to guess right now, it's just tanking slowly but surely. Man, well, that's all the more reason to join us on Patreon, where we're getting all the old episodes, the ones that people love. I think we're right now in the 2006 era, which was my favorite era. One of. That clip that you sent me earlier today, that was pretty funny stuff. It's all on the 5 ton. In case you want to go back and relive your carefree years. It was like a special Christmas episode. I don't know what year it was. A five-count Christmas. Yeah, it was really special. And we told stories about stuff, and it just was... Man, it had me rolling. What do we do now? I don't know. Play some sweet interviews, talk about how old and ridiculous we are. I don't know, man. I just don't even know. You gotta know something, Ton. Don't make me start writing scripts for you. Well, I know that I don't particularly like talking about the things you were trying to get me to talk about earlier on the show, on this show, because I don't want to totally alienate us. And I know that I'm the extreme minority in some of these thoughts. So I'm trying not to touch them. I'm just trying to keep it, keep it, keep it cool. I gotcha. Calm collective. Calm and collective. Ton thinks technology is the devil. And you should sit in a rocking chair that you made with your bare hands out on a porch and smoke a pipe and think about all the times that you weren't wasting your life playing Super Mario Bros. Well, I had some really good times playing Super Mario Bros. And that's exactly what I said that I didn't think. So you're baiting me now. I said exactly. (laughs) I said verbatim. I don't think it's the devil. That's a ridiculous thing to say. Mario Bros. was a good time. That's what I was saying, Ton. So was it a waste of your life? Do you remember the first time you played Mario Bros. and you got to that underground level and it was all din in it And you were like, whoa, dude. And then especially when they finally got to a Bowser level and then the flame shot at you and you're totally like, what is this, dude? You had to jump over it and jump across that bridge and figure that out. And then you still didn't save the princess. Oh, man. She was in another castle. Yeah, that was serious. You know what, Ton? It kind of sounds like the more I hear, the more maybe you're not playing enough video games or using technology enough. Because look at how your face lights up. And you just got done telling me every year your life is getting number two a year and number two a year. You know why? Because you're you're not using enough iPads. That's why. Enough iPads. I need at least six iPads going at once. Ton, uh, trick or treat. You know what I'm saying? Mark Price is on the program tonight. Yeah, man. Awesome. Uh, I think we should play maybe side A of the soundtrack to trick or treat. It's the 35th anniversary. We've got the Ragman on the show tonight. Awesome. It sounds really exciting. I haven't played it yet. Just hang on.
Hi, this is Rick Lee of 10 Years After, and you're listening to The Five Count.
This is Tipper Gore's worst nightmare, Bill Lindsay of Impaler, and you're listening to Southern Minnesota's worst nightmare, a five-town daddy. Wake up, ton. Tear down the walls. We're back. Oh yeah. It's the five count. That was Fastway. Side A of the soundtrack to Trick or Treat, starring Mark Price, who is on the program tonight. Awesome. Ton, you can't yawn your way through the next 90 minutes of this show because it's going to rock your block and your sock. I'm excited. And for other it. things that rhyme with those words, probably. Yes. I like rocking, dude. I need to do more rocking. What are you waiting for? I don't know, some kind of rocking stuff to happen. Let's get the Five Count House Band back up and rocking. We could do it like a Zoom band. What do you think? I think that'd be awesome if we could still play our instruments. Well, what are we waiting for, Tom? Also, who's going to play drums? We still have that age-old uh, conundrum. Front desk Rachel said she could play drums. Can she really? She could sing, too, like a Phil Collins kind of setup. Really? Think about that. How many uh, female Phil Collins-fronted bands are out there? Probably not many. I like this idea. How many should there be? Probably a lot more. I like this idea. I mean, it couldn't be, you know, like Don Henley can't get that bad. So, I mean, at least we'd be better than that. How many times do I need to say that I like this idea? Give me two more and then I'll be sure because I don't want to waste my time. (laughs) I really like this idea. Okay, where do we practice, Ton? I like this idea. Do we practice here where we record or no? Talk to your boss. He's got to have some kind of space somewhere that he can just let us practice. Let's, uh, if you're out there, hey, this is the five count, by the way. Uh, Ton needs a practice space. If you want big time hunky celebrities, shirtless, playing guitar, possibly in your garage or living room or bedroom, then uh, let us know. We'll set something up. 
it bums me out because um, I set up my whole house and bought every possible instrument that a guy can need just for an occasion such as this. But unfortunately, uh, there's no way for me to make that happen now. I mean, not my not while my wife is there. The place is, yeah. So if there's some other place where I can bring, bring my drum set and PA equipment and keyboards and guitars and whatever we may need, Leave it fully set up all the time, ready to rock. That would be awesome. Let's be a strictly drum machine keyboard band. Drum machine and keyboard, that's it? Well, that's all we can handle for right now. And we could use samples uh, from the uh, previous episodes of you yelling and calling people names. So we could just use that. Okay. Could just splice them in. It'd be like kind of artsy. It'd be like craft work, but with more ton. And more sweat. Well, I mean, I'm less open to it than the sweet front-esque Rachel being our Phil Collins idea. But, I mean, I guess, wherever you want to start. I don't know why you got to change up the idea all of a sudden. Can we practice at her house? Can't you just stick to the same idea? I can't, Ton. I'm all over the place. Ask front-esque Rachel. Can we play at your house? Fine, I'll ask her. Hey, I got a five-cow mailbag question I could ask you. All right. Here's a question from... Uh, Hipster Dipstick on Twitter. Never heard of him. What would you say is the best type of Chilito? Signed, Hipster Dipstick. Ton, I feel like you're probably going to rain on everyone's Chilito parade and tell us you don't even eat them because of like some kind of made-up allergy that turns you into a big panty waste. First of all, it's not a made-up allergy. <laughs> Secondly, I've eaten many a Chilitos back in the day, and I have to say that cheese is the only option. What, what the hell other Chilito would you ever get other than a cheese Chilito? Ah, uh, yeah, that is a good question. What the hell other Chilito would you get? What do you? What is this guy asking? Maybe he means like uh, mild or extra hot. Well, I like hot Chilitos. Or maybe you need yours cut up into little pieces so you don't choke. Remember That's- that time when someone... At Zans had to give you the Heimlich. No, you, that you never happened. All over that 1960s island. That you 100 percent made that up. So I apparently, swore that happens. Taco Bell makes chili cheese burritos. That's a different thing. That's a different chili cheese burrito. Why when I'm looking up Chilito? The only chili place cheese. they have Chilitos is at Zans. Zans has cheese cheese Chilitos, but. I, is there a little bit of chili in with that? I think there is. I don't know the secret formula. If chili that's what cheese you're asking. burrito. Remember Dude. when Zans was uh, Zantigos? Yes. And all I remember ever is ordering cheese chilitos, and they're amazing. And I can't eat them anymore. And it saddens me every time I drive by Zans. You didn't get. Uh, some chips with cheese melted on it in the microwave on a styrofoam plate? I never did that, no. I think you could still get that. But you know what? I can get gluten-free um, larger tortillas that are set up. They're, they're more like a flour tortilla. I can use corn tortillas, but corn tortillas aren't quite the same. Suck. They don't suck. They're they're great in enchiladas, but that's like a different thing. Um, so I've had gluten-free tortillas before. Mission makes them, and they're actually pretty good. Um, I used to eat all the time just bean Paste. cheese tr- oh. burritos that I would make. Like just black beans oh, and I remember. cheese. 
You lived on a steady diet of bean burritos and nuts. And a lot of hot sauce. Good stuff. I could go for one of those right now. Can Loaded with cheese. Living with Ton when all he ate was bean burritos and almonds? Yeah, man. I still eat almonds all the time. He was a lean machine. It's ridiculous. Kept his motor clean. Was sure. the best damn ton that I'd ever seen. <laughs> I'm a fairly lean machine now, but... And he knocked me out with his American thighs. That's oh, right. yeah. But I got to get back on my regimen. I got to get more serious. I got to get back down to the beach pod now. I got to drop some weight. How much? Like 20 pounds? I disagree, ton. I think you are probably at your maximum hunkiness if you gained another five pounds. If I gained five more pounds? 50 pounds, I mean. Maybe I just need to hit the gym. I think you just need to walk around town and hit some guy named Jim. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just punch him. I like that idea. Get your confidence back by punching gyms. All right. I'll do it. Can I say uh, that... You should probably get a job at Zan's so you can find out the recipe and then make your own Chilitos. And by make your own, I mean give me a bunch for free. Sure. Okay. I'll talk to him. When I was a kid, you would go there and you could buy Chilitos for like 80 cents or something. And you'd get like, hey, I'll take eight Chilitos. The hell are you talking about? You're only seven years old. Yeah, so? Uh Uh-huh. And I would eat them. Yeah. Now a Chilito is like three fifty. Yeah. I remember when they were like a buck eighty or a buck eighty nine, and being like, "What the heck is this buck eighty nine? What?" Because I feel like they were a dollar or like ninety some cents for a really long time. So could you consider maybe a part time job there? I mean, I guess I could consider it, but I mean, could we both? How m- how many hours do you need? to work there to officially be on the payroll do you think like 10 a week probably 10 so could we split that somehow come up with an agreement like hey i'll do five he'll do five because you don't have to pay us we'll just eat oh that's what you want to do it'll be fine you need to work there at least five hours so that you can eat all the chilitos you want and i can't actually eat anything on the menu anymore you'll get paid one chilito every 15 minutes you could freeze them, Ton. Hey, if you don't want them, that's your fault. I'll take them. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. I don't have a choice. You're right, because I handed in and forged your resume earlier today. No, I mean, I don't have a choice. You start on Sunday. Because when I eat a flour tortilla, a wheat flour tortilla, I go into anaphylactic shock. So I can't eat the Chilito, no matter how long I let them freeze for. Just for every bite you take, make sure you jab yourself in the leg with something just hit hit an EpiPen with every chilito is that bad for you if you use like uh, a dozen or so of those a day well probably i mean i probably get like a tolerance or something and then it stopped working altogether what if you just soldiered through bear down and developed a tolerance for whatever is trying to kill you and then you could finally enjoy the good things in life like cheese chilitos i don't know if that's a thing that could happen Yeah, you won't know unless you try it. When it happened to me, the wheat tried to kill me so much that I couldn't get fully checked into the ED. I passed out in a wheelchair when they were asking me the questions to check me into the ED. And I woke up in the emergency department with an IV in my arm. And they said that they gave me three doses worth of 
epinephrine and then the thing still tried to kill me for two and a half days before it calmed down so what if you only eat the chilitos when you're in the er well the body will only take so much the thing that made me realize how close it was is that this happened when i was 34 years old and then i heard a story maybe a couple years ago about um a young man 17 year old fit young man very athletic and had a similar thing went into anaphylactic shock and he went to the hospital and they gave him epinephrine like that they kept giving that to me and i was on a uh um a steroid and and uh an antihistamine the whole time that and they were IVing it to me you know what i always suspected you were on steroids yeah <laughs> and so yeah i was getting iv'd all that stuff that, that whole two and a half days anyways i um heard about a young man in our area who went into the hospital went into the ed for anaphylactic shock and a similar situation to what i was what happened to me and he lasted i think four and a half days or five days and they were did all the same stuff to him and then his body just gave up and it killed him and so i was like whoa i was really like a few days away from like i'm lucky that it subsided i guess somehow and this is all from eating a corn dog at the zoo actually the worst the worst part about it actually honestly is that i think how i ended up in there was from eating the lo mein noodles from lian chen because i don't know if you remember this but we would eat lian chen you and i pretty frequently and i I don't know if you remember this but i remember it very vividly now the first time that i had any kind of reaction i think is from that same thing these lo mein noodles and i don't know if you remember this but we were eating them up at the station we were about to do the show we were eating beforehand and i kept saying it feels like i'm super full or it feels like my esophagus like i'm so full that there's food in my esophagus well after the fact i i realized that i think that was like an allergic reaction and my throat was closing up but i just brushed it off because i'd never experienced something like that before and then it was like not like maybe a week or two later i ate that again and then i had that similar feeling but then started having hives and uh, I didn't know what to do about it. And I went in because I'd never even had hives. And I went into a pharmacy and asked, like, just pointed at the hives and like, do you know what this is or what I should do? Because it's kind of itchy. They said, oh, yeah, take an antihistamine. And I took some antihistamines and I went to sleep. And then about four in the morning, uh, I woke up again and it was like my whole body was taken over. Felt like there was softballs on the bottoms of my feet and i couldn't sit up straight because it lowered my heart rate to there not enough blood would get to my brain so i'd just pass out if i stood up if i was in an upright position for more than like 30 seconds do you think maybe they were trying to poison you the walgreens <laughs> no the uh, the chinese place. oh i don't know i have no idea you should try it again just to see maybe it was all a fluke i'm gonna say no to that all right well i guess ton just keep on doing what you're doing. Hey, did you know we've got an exclusive interview with Mark Price? I did know it. He's uh, you know, from Family Ties. You might know him as Skippy. Or he was in a film celebrating its 35th birthday this year. It was called Trick or Treat. Awesome film. And it's got mid-80s Ozzy in it. We're talking like big perm, overweight, white dove, Vegas robe. 
the real deal, Tun's favorite era, Ozzy. Yes, 100%. Shot in the dark, one step away from you. Dude, do you remember when we went and saw Ozzy and he played Shot in the Dark, dude? It was the ultimate sin. Yes, no, it was the ultimate concert that I've ever been to in my life. You know what? I also think it might be the 35th anniversary of the ultimate sin this year. Really? Should we look up the uh, specifics on that and possibly play that whole thing too? Uh, obvious answer is I'm going to say yes to you right yeah, now. Yeah, nuke ya, Yeah, dude, exactly. Hey, let's get to our interview with Mark Price, and then we'll play side B of the soundtrack to Trick or Treat, and then we'll come back, and hopefully Ton doesn't swell up anymore. <laughs> We are joined on the phone today by actor Mark Price. You might uh, remember him as Skippy from the TV show Family Ties. Hey, Mark, how you doing today? Good, man. How are you? I am excellent. Thank you so much for taking time out with me today. Happy to do it. Well, first of all, Mark, uh, I wanted to ask you a bit about you know how you got started in acting. I know your parents uh, were in showbiz. Can you tell us a little bit about how things started for you? Yeah, I was born into a trunk, as they said, in old show business, and I guess that's where I come from is old show business. My dad uh, had me when he was old. He had me when he was 50. And he started performing back in the 20s and 30s. Can you believe that? (laughs) And my mom was a singer. And my dad was a comedian. And they used to uh, work together and then, you know, kind of bring me out at the end of the show. I was a a cheap device for applause. (laughs) I know um, you really started working uh, pretty young, as we mentioned, you know, working with Carol O'Connor on Archie Bunker's place, and, you know, Norman Lear shows. I mean, not a not a bad way to start out, for sure. Because uh, um, Bunker, everyone loved to hate him, right? I mean, no one could argue that. But uh, Alex P. Keaton on, on my show, people love to love him. Even though the writers kind of wrote it a little Archie Bunker-ish, uh, it really started the whole conservative movement that we see today. I, I believe it was either it helped start it or maybe it was a reflection of what was happening, but... Either way. Definitely. Well, you know, you mentioned Family Ties, and of course, uh, that's uh, such a beloved show by so many people. How did that uh, come about for you? Is that just uh, another audition that you went to that uh, kind of uh, morphed into what it did? I was a stand-up comedian. I was like following the footsteps of my dad, and I was very young because that's what they used to do in old showbiz. You'd learn the act, and then you'd be in the act, and then you'd, you know, then you'd have your own act. And so that's what I did. I started with my dad, and then I started going performing solo very young, 13, 14 years old, and then I went on the Merv Griffin show. And that was the big turning point for me because that everyone noticed, and I got called into NBC to meet with Brandon Tartikoff, and I got offered another series I was on with McLean Stevenson. I played his son, and I made a movie. And all this happened just in a couple of years, and I did my first uh, family ties around that time, and then... Uh, uh, it was just a couple of years later they offered me the uh, recurring role, which, by the way, I'm in my 50s now. I thought it was reoccurring until just a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I learned there's a word, recurring. So did you think that uh, the character w- was going to be featured on the show as often as he was? Because it kind of seemed like you know, a recurring role. You, you really kind of sort of became um, a member of the main cast there for a while. Yeah, I, I locked out. I really did. It was just a one-time thing, and then they invited me back, and then they invited me back again, and then the word, the story has it that they invited me back another time, and I, was, I wasn't I was available. I was doing this other series or whatever, 
And they were like, well, and then, <laughs> and then the next time they offered that series, it ended and I came back again. And then that's when they gave me the contract. Awesome. And you were doing stand up comedy yeah. at that same time, you said? Well, that's how they found me. I was on uh, this uh, Merv Griffin show. I was a little kid comedian. So I wasn't touring the country yet, but I was performing in LA and getting noticed by people like Jay Leno and such. Well, can you talk a bit about that? I mean, because at that time, you know, besides your dad, I'm sure you had a lot of other influences or, you know, favorite comedians. Uh, there were a lot of uh, the greats uh, coming through, uh, you know, around the 80s there. Well, it's a fascinating uh, story because uh, I used to hang out at the comedy store and the improv all the time. And I got to know all the comedians and I got to watch them, you know, perform many of them before they became super famous. Now, you got to remember, like a Jay Leno and a Jerry Seinfeld, they were already the most famous young comedians. They were the top of the heap, okay? But Jay wasn't the host of The Tonight Show, and Jerry Seinfeld didn't have a hit sitcom, you know? And so as Family Ties became a hit, when those guys, you know, um, met up with me, I actually had something they wanted at that moment in time, you know? Yeah, so does that create some animosity for you at all with these comedians, you know, thinking no, who's no, this no, young it kid? No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't like that at all. It wasn't like that at all. First of all, in those days, comedy was a little different than it is now, and it was a beautiful thing where people, there was a lot of backstabbing and everything, don't get me wrong, but people worked with each other. It was like a community. They wanted to have, Everyone was in it together. There was a, a lot of comedians helped me, and I went on to help a lot of comedians. I'm proud of that. But I... Uh, I'm very grateful to all the comedians that, that helped me and stuff. And so there was just, there wasn't animosity at all. No, it was a, a good positive spirit. And for me, it was a, a dream come true to have, you know, Paul Reiser drive me home and ask me questions, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of people get into maybe stand up comedy, uh, you know, as a means to maybe move on to uh, acting or, you know, to a sitcom and, and you were already on a very successful one and then still went back to the, the comedy kind of did a, a bit of a reversal. Yes, I know. My mom tells me I'm not very smart that way because uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course comedians, that's all they do is play the, the giggles and the ha-has and the hee-hees and they do that all with the goal of getting a TV series and you're right, there I was on a hit series and all I wanted to do was go play giggles and ha-has and hee-hees. <laughs> Well, Mark, can you tell us a bit about what uh, you know a Mark Price comedy show would be like uh, for the listeners, maybe if they haven't had a chance to see you work? We chronicle my awkward adult years, and I never know how to answer this question. It's always a tough one for me, you know, uh, to describe. Uh, it's a therapy session, but um, I I can say this: when people ask me what can they expect from my comedy show, not a refund. <laughs> Well, I noticed, Mark, yeah, you're on the um, uh, Sitcoms Legend Tour. I, I've seen uh, that going around here for a few years. Uh, do you think that'll continue You know, once things uh, start to open up again? Well, you never know. I've had the chance to work with some really great people. Um, Richard Pryor's daughter, Rain Pryor, who was on the show Head of the Class, and uh, Marsha Warfield, who was on Night Court. And she also worked with Richard Pryor on the Richard Pryor TV show, coincidentally. I love any connection to Richard Pryor. Uh, and, uh, let's see, um, people from good times and King of Queens and Seinfeld. And so we kind of, there's a lot of comedians that have, uh, roles on the uh, iconic roles at that on uh, sitcoms. And so the idea is to pull them together and create a show that features all the, the comedians from TV 
together. And we've, we've done it. We've done a lot of different variations on it. And, uh, looking forward to getting out there again. That's the big question is when does touring start again? What would be your, what would be your guess? I don't know. With all the vaccines uh, being rolled out, you know, it, I wouldn't rule out maybe later this year. That would be great if things uh, started to get back going again. Well, that's what everybody's hoping for. I guess the fall would be a good uh, winning uh, situation if we really got back up and out and rolling again. But you never know. We don't know. Who knows? Bizarre. Well, hopefully uh, things uh, get back on track here soon. And, you know, a lot of people probably sitting at home uh, stockpiling uh, material and, you know, just <laughs> waiting to get out there. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you always kind of have that bug to be on stage doing stand-up, so I'm sure uh, I'm sure you'll be excited to get out there once uh, we're able to. Yeah, I'm putting together, you mentioned the Legends as they come, I'm putting together other tours as well, you know, ones like a game show live, and we've got uh, uh, like a talk show kind of thing live that features Where Are They Now people, and we're, you know, and we call that Where Are They Well. And uh, I also uh, co-wrote a script, which is something I haven't really gotten into in a long time. And that's cool. I'm kind of back working on a Hollywood-type project. And there's a role for me in it. And it's pretty funny. And so, yeah, this um, pandemic has uh, led me to try all kinds of new things. In fact, I was touring in Florida. You know, I went to 50 cities in 2019. And then in 2020, I was in about my 10th city. I was going to do 50 cities again. And everything shut down as you know right around right when they announced the nba was no longer going to play everybody went what right. <laughs> remember the whole country was like what? <laughs> uh and so i was in florida when that happened and uh remarkably i got an offer from a, a, a historic radio station in daytona beach the rock of daytona w-r-o-d to do a daily radio show an 80s themed radio show with 80s rock music Okay. And how cool was that? And I did that for about three months, right when the pandemic started. And I was able to hopefully entertain people while they were stuck at home. And it was, I'd been a guest on the radio for so many years and I've hosted stuff on TV, but this was my first time as a radio DJ. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, I know you've done a lot of stuff, uh, you know, behind the scenes as of late, you know, writing, you mentioned uh, producing. Uh, do you prefer that maybe uh, to being in front of the camera these days? So just kind of uh, doing uh, all the stuff behind the scenes? Well, I, it's been a while since I did. In the 2000s, I was doing a lot of uh, work for uh, Disney Channel and uh, Game Show Network and the Food Network and anything that had the word network after it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, different uh, cable channels and stuff. And uh, it was, um, I had a series on E! that ran for two seasons. But the behind-the-scenes thing was a kick. It was a kick, and I'd learned a lot, a great deal from the Family Ties crew and stuff about that. And I do enjoy it, but I also enjoy being in front of the camera, and even though it's been so long, this new project has got me uh, got me buzzing. Awesome. Well, Mark, i got to ask you, one of my favorite movies, uh, your memories of uh, playing Ragman on uh, Trick or Treat, uh, one of the all-time greats. Yeah, with Ozzy Osbourne and Gene Simmons. That was in 1987, I think we made that. And uh, people still play it on Halloween. And I, I, I credit the soundtrack mostly. I think that it has a really good soundtrack. And Ozzy and Gene Simmons. I think this is the reason why it's even paid attention to it all these days. Uh, but um, people love it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of it or anything. It's not, it's not particularly scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's not crazy funny. But it's a fun picture and people, people love it. Well, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, 35 years or so since it came out and, 
you know, still people are... Every Halloween, every Halloween I'm asked to perform in conjunction with the screening of the movie and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, are you surprised uh, how big of a cult hit that, that film has become? It seems as time goes on and more and more people are discovering it. Well, I've had a lot of time to analyze it. And again, I, I consider that soundtrack the real reason and uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Gene Simmons. And also, it did have a wonderful director. Charlie Martin Smith who's an actor himself. People remember him from uh, various movies. He's been in The Untouchables and The Buddy Holly Story. And uh, famously, he was in uh, American Graffiti. He played Toad. So he, okay. that was the nerdy kid, you know, kind of the skippy of American graffiti. <laughs> and so we hit it off right away, and he related to me, and I related to him. And, and being an actor, he was a good actor's director. You know, he worked with me and stuff. And uh, so that was part of the success formula as well. We had a good director. He, he directs a lot now. He became the king of the animal movies. If there's a movie about a dolphin or a dog that plays basketball or... Uh, anything about a dog, a dog finds its way home, or there's an elephant and they have to, you know, whatever, he's the guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm guessing that's probably good work if uh, if you're into that. I'm sure most directors probably don't like working with animals if they don't have to. Well, after me, he said, that's it. I'm not working with teenagers anymore, <laughs> just animals. Well, did you get a chance to hang out much, uh, you know, with Gene Simmons or Ozzy off camera? Was that something you had a chance to do? Not a lot, really. You know, I was 17, and uh, so it didn't, it, they might have gotten arrested. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but I got, to, I got to hang out enough. I, I remember that um, I knew about Ozzy before the whole world did that reality show kind of exposed a different side of the, the demon of darkness that, you know, that kind of cuddly Ozzy that was so lovable that sure. we didn't really know before that reality show. And uh, I knew about that, and I knew that Sharon ran the show. You know. And <laughs> years later, I was on tour, and I got word about a kid who couldn't come to the show because his doctor said it wasn't advisable. He needed to stay in the hospital bed or something sad like that. And I contacted Sharon in England. Oh, oh, that was it. It wasn't my show. It was Ozzy's show. The kid was going to go to see Ozzy's show, but couldn't because he was stuck in bed. Doctor's orders. And I sent uh, Sharon a message. This is before texting, by the way. I, I actually left a message on her machine. Remember those? <laughs> and I said, uh, this kid can't come see the show. It's pretty sad. He's sick and everything. Could you send him a autographed picture? And I gave the kid's home address. They showed up at his house wow. in the limo before the concert and personally you know, met with this kid, and what a story. I just, I love that story. It shows what great heart they have. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, in a world where we're all polarized by politics, and, you know, I, it's not a bad thing to have views on politics, but to fight about it all the time on Facebook and to hate the people that think differently, I'm very much against that. I, I think we need to respect each other. We have to respect people that have different views. We can't cancel them. We need to try to find a way to meet in the middle. I know it's hard, and I know people don't do it. They, they just start fighting, and that's it. And it's very easy behind the keyboard to you know, just be kind of a, a mofo. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. Sure. People troll on the Internet all the time. So to combat that a little bit, and I've been a part of it, too, where I put my point of view, and then somebody else says something else, and then you know, it just goes in a circle. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't often lead to successful solutions. So we started a Facebook group. It's called The Hour of Love. 
And the whole point of the group is that it takes just an hour. That's all an hour a day, an hour a month, just an hour, anytime you want. It could be an hour a year to do something nice to help people. And we spotlight people that do that. We celebrate them. And that encourages us all to follow suit. And we also focus on good news stories and comedians that perform for charity events. And there's a lot of my friends that do different, who are comedians that uh, um, have, you know, suggested various clips of them performing comedy. So there's funny clips on there too. It's uh, it's an entertaining and uplifting page that hopefully will inspire many. And it's called The Hour of Love. And that's a group page on Facebook. You just put it into groups, into the search engine, The Hour of Love, and join us. Awesome. Yeah, definitely a great idea. And, you know, of course, now more than ever, we, we definitely could use that. Is there anything else coming up, Mark? Anything else we should be uh, looking out for here? Well, that's it. You know, in a, in a world of COVID, I'm off the road right now. I miss it terribly. I'm waiting to figure out exactly when I can get back on. Maybe the fall. We talked about that. I'm trying to set up shows for the fall. And uh, I'm working on this script I wrote. And that's a new thing for me to be back into the script business again. And so we'll see what happens there. There's all new platforms now. It's not the old days of network television anymore. <laughs> now it's the, you know, Netflix and hula and all that stuff. And uh, so it'll be fun there and uh, navigating that new new terrain. And uh, what else? Doing the, the, van, the mini van life thing. Uh, instead of just staying in the city of Los Angeles during the pandemic, I've been getting out to the forest during the summer and the fall. And now in the winter, I'm out in the desert. And I've been uh, just out in some of the most beautiful places in the middle of nowhere with no people around. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out with me. Mark, uh, thank you again so much. It's been great speaking with you. I appreciate it, man. All right. Love your guts. And again, that was actor Mark Price from uh, Family Ties, from the film Trick or Treat, a lot of other stuff. And uh, be on the lookout for uh, some new things coming up. And uh, hopefully here in the near future, the uh, sitcoms Legend Tour with Mark Price.
I'm Fast Eddie Clark from Fastway, and you're listening to The Five Count.
But who's to blame for it all? All of the questions unsolved Capsized your voyage of dreams They'll write you on as that never seen See The land that you bring Takes you to hell Hi, this is Andal Rock of King Diamond, and you're listening to Five Counts. Like we had it planned Ooh, it's like we share a secret We could never tell Because no one else but you and me Could understand What would we do, baby, without us? What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no 
Yeah, man. We're back. Have you been working on your Aaron Neville? Yes, I have. It sounds really good. Hey, that was uh, Mark Price. He's an actor, comedian. You'll probably see him live somewhere once uh, we're allowed to go outside. That sounds great. Or if you go to Texas, I hear they're back up and running. I didn't even know that. They're wide open now? I think so. Huh. All right. Something to think about. I do think about that once in a while. Like... Living in Texas? I know that's all you talk about. Yeah. Living in Texas, not wearing masks. Yeah. Not having salty roads. Seems cool. Getting a bald eagle tattoo? I didn't think about that, but I mean, whatever. Well, Tom, I'm excited because, uh, well, just, you know, I'm an excitable guy, as you can see. Can I ask you a question? Why am I putting books on my lap? Well, I'm an excitable guy, Tom. Well, I was going to ask that later, but that's fine. Thanks for the answer. Um, Are bald eagles even cool anymore? Were they at some point? What do you mean? Yes. What are you saying to me right now? What are you even... What? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Ton was an 80s Harley Davidson kid. Dude, you liked bald eagles, didn't you? I guess as much as the next guy, but... that Which was a lot back in the 80s. I didn't like like them. Like, bald eagles were awesome. And if you had, like, a bald eagle, eagle like, poster or a t-shirt with a bald eagle on it, or if you were cool enough to have a bald eagle tattoo or a patch. I don't like the bald ones. I prefer my eagles to have a little hair. Or feathers, you mean. Sure. You don't even know what you're talking about. More hair. I like the eagles to have more hair and less Don Henley. A lot of my uncles had bald eagle statues, too, like in their homes, like little sculptures, bald eagles. That's you, cool, right? You come from a patriotic stock. Is that 
Is that is that even like a thing anymore? Do it's people even care about bald eagles now? Kids don't care about anything now. Ah, here we go. What about chocobos? Do they care about bald eagles or? No, nobody cares about bald eagles. Does anybody check that eagle eagle cam? We got that eagle rescue place here in Minnesota, and there's like an eagle cam, and I think one of them's got a baby right now. Somehow you're aging right before my eyes. Well, what is even the thing? What is the... Uh, what? I don't know, Ton. They talk about, like, you know, other stuff. Like uh, Disney Plus and Monster Energy drinks. I mean, I watch Disney Plus. That's fine. I got a five-count mailbag question. Some people think about that stuff. All right. We have a five-count hotline. Did you know that? Yeah, we do. You could call it and leave a message. You can even text us if you're too bashful. 507-519-2030. Text us anything you want. Please call us. Leave us a voicemail. 507-519-2030. Let us know what you think of Bald Eagles or video games or Disney+. Plus. Or you can just, like, Give a shout out to somebody or, you know, sing happy birthday and impress your grandma. Hear your voice on the radio. It used to mean something. Bald Eagles and hearing your name on the radio used to mean something, damn it. It's true. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so bent out of shape, but every time I hear Billy Floyd shouts, say remarks that just make you look bad in this country, it just makes me sick to my stomach. Well, I'm glad that makes two of us. Ton, having just finished the trilogy of Samford and Son spin-offs, thanks to all-around good guy Dustin Wellness, that's me, I am currently uh, curious about your overall opinion of the three shows. Personally, I enjoyed certain aspects of all three, but each one had potential for improvement. What does a fellow fish-eyed fool think of these shows? Signed, Billy Floyd shouts a lot. What a guy. Ton, your thoughts. Sanford and Son, Red Fox, Sanford Arms, Grady, Sanford. A lot of spinoffs, a lot of content, a lot of nodding and looking confused from your corner. Well, I haven't seen all of them like you guys have. I have not seen all of those shows. I've seen some Sanford and Sons, but that's about it. And most of what I watched of it was back in the day or, I don't know, maybe on Nick at Night or something. So I don't know. I've never you haven't you haven't uh, lent me that stuff to watch any of that stuff. I do like Red Fox, but my favorite stuff that I've seen so far has been some of that um, that Red Fox like show. Remember when I told you about that thing that I found when it's like the Red Fox like comedy hour thing and he had other guests and then he also did some some stand-up that stuff was hilarious that stuff was awesome that's because you love andrew dice clay yeah but that andrew dice clay that was on that thing was not even that was like a before andrew dice clay was even huge andrew dice clay there's actually other guys on there that i liked way more that i had no idea who they were even well ton i'll tell you sanford and son ran for uh, i want to say six seasons Okay. Then, Fred Sanford left because he was going to do his own variety show because that's what you did back in the 70s. So, DeMond Wilson, who played Lamont, was like, well, I should probably get like top pay and you know, because I'm like the guy. And they're like, eh, I don't think so. You still get Lamont money. And he's like, F this. And then he left. 
Wow. So then they did a show called the Sanford Arms with no Sanfords, where for some reason they just had a hotel running out of Fred Sanford's house, but they weren't there. Weird. And it ran for like six or eight episodes or something, and then it got canceled because everyone realized like, well, yeah, Aunt Esther's funny and, you know, it's cool that Bubba's here, but shouldn't we have some Sanfords? So then... Fred Sanford came back, and he's like, hey, my variety show didn't really work out. Let's uh, get the band back together, and Lamont is like, eh, no thanks. So then he just did a show called Sanford Without the Sun. And I think that ran for like two seasons, and then that got canceled. But it did, instead of Lamont, it had the big, huge white guy who was like, uh, he was the neighbor in Suburban Commando. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah. The one who said... What, you crazy? This is the 90s. Yep. We're going to sue you. We're going to sue you. That guy. Yeah, I know the guy. I know the guy very well. And in the meantime, somewhere, uh, Whitman Mayo left, and he got his own spinoff show called Grady, and apparently that wasn't fun for anyone either, so then he came back. It was a whole thing. And I'm probably not explaining it as well as Billy Floyd shouts would, but uh, there's a lot of history there. Interesting. That sounds real interesting. So, I guess easy answer is the rest of the spinoff stuff doesn't sound really that good. It has its moments. Yeah. Because a lot of the extras, Fred's friends and stuff on Esther would be, Rollo would show up. I don't know why the Sanfords weren't involved in the Sanford Arms. I forget how that worked, but they explained it somehow. They went back to St. Louis, probably. That's what always happened. So my question is, how did these shows not get more seasons? I mean, I guess you explained it where it was like the just kind of a different climate probably in the 70s like that. You'd try to do a variety show or do whatever. But um, it makes me think even of like Taxi. Like how on earth did Taxi not have more seasons? Like that show is amazing. Like really good. And so the same deal with, with Sanford and Sons. It's like... Only six? Doesn't it seem like something like that could have gone for another four, like 10, 10, 12? So you're saying you don't understand how they cut off Taxi after five seasons, but they give the Big Bang Theory like 16 seasons. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. I mean, both those. Taxi, Sanford, it's, you know, like, yeah. How the hell do they get cut off? And there's these other shows that are really, to me, like super boring in comparison. That go on and on forever. Speaking of which, we're pushing 17 years on this show. Yeah. Not that it's related to what Ton was just saying about boring shows yeah. that have overstayed their welcome. Absolutely not. But it's something to think about. It is. It's something to think about for sure. Well, huh? sorry, Ton, that you're not more versed in Red Fox sitcoms. I can help you out if you're interested. Has Floyd Schultz watched Taxi also? Just a side question. Yeah, that I don't know. I'm not trying to compare Taxi to Sanford and Sons at all. Not at all. Just wanting to know if he's seen Taxi and what he thinks of that. He'll let us know. I'm sure he will. I think Sanford is probably my favorite of the spinoffs. Just because um, I like the guy from Suburban Commando. I thought that was a good Lamont replacement. Yeah, I mean, that guy's a pretty interesting guy. And he was in a lot of... Well, I don't know if I should say a lot, but he was in various, he had a bunch of weird various bit parts, but 
the funny thing is, is towards the like late 80s and even into the 90s, he turned into like that. He just played some kind of weird tough guy, and then a lot, a lot of times also like a biker role, a biker tough guy kind of role. I believe he played a crooked mechanic in National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah, yeah. Or I might have made that up. Maybe I think you might be right. Yeah, a lot of mechanic roles, roles that were like dirty, tough guys. Do you think he showed up on Family Ties with Mark Price? I don't know. That's a good show, Family Ties. You should go watch that. I can't remember the name of this guy. Otherwise, we could look it up. That I don't remember either. I don't remember a lot of stuff, Ton, uh, except for, you know, like, stuff that happened a decade or so ago. I remember that crystal clear. We should get that guy on the program if we can figure out his name. But before that... He's dead, but uh, thanks for bringing that up. He's totally dead. I'm very sorry, Ton. Dang. Now that you've bummed everyone out, how about we go back... And uh, see what we were up to when he was still alive. Let's do it. Because this is the part of the program where we go back 10 years in five-count history. It was me and you, Ton, back together again. Helping Southern Minnesota kick off spring break. Is it spring break now? It's hard to tell. Or is Our everyone campus just, is even open? Or? Maybe everyone's been on break since last spring. I guess I don't know. I don't know either. We did pick fights with callers about golf and death metal. Oh, ton. This is a tearjerker. I don't even know if I want to tell you this. Really? Ten years ago this week, we were sharing memories and a touching eulogy about Ton's recently departed 1993 Buick Riviera. Ah. Ten years ago, Ton said sayonara to the Riv. Wow. And he's had a series of not-quite-as-cool cars since. That's amazing. Yeah, my car that I've purchased currently, that that I now drive, I have mostly uh, gravitated towards because of the Riviera. Everything since the Riviera has, it's like been, the, the Riviera has slowly impacted my life ever since I've owned it. Well, you have this week not owned that car for 10 years. That's crazy. So I got rid of it when now again? 2011? Uh, March 5th, 2011. Wow. Yeah. That's a sad day. Crazy. Just to catch everyone else up, I had a 93 Buick Riviera, which if you look it up now, looks very dated, but it was an awesome car. Had a full digital dash, had auto dimming side mirror, rear view mirror, had climate control. You just set the temp, it would do it. Had uh, at that at the time of '93, this is a big deal, but it had built-in tape deck and separate CD player, all power oh, oh. seats, full leather, 3800 V6, plenty of power, air ride suspension. It would adjust for you. They called it the Grand Touring suspension. Had the whole deal where when you close the trunk, you just barely got a click it closed and then it would it would slowly like close the trunk all the way for you yeah the antenna would go up and down like if you turn the radio on it would just automatically put the antenna up and then redo like pull it back down when you turn the radio off again just a really awesome beautiful riding car most comfortable car i've ever had in my life and then i had terrible cars after that for the last 10 years or so and then i just now got a mercedes and the main reason why i ended up wanting a mercedes 
is because I wanted something to get that luxury back. And I know that even the newer Buicks, although they're nice, they don't really pack any of that luxury that the Riv had, and they don't make a Riviera anymore. So it's like, what am I going to do? The whole reason why I bought a used Mercedes is to try to get the same level of comfort. And guess what? My used Mercedes, it's got the power seats, I guess, which I don't really, didn't. that doesn't bother me either way, having power or not power. It has the same, the, the mirrors dim the same way as my 93 Riviera. I, don't, I mean, there's like a bunch of things that are exactly the same, <laughs> but, now, but now it's a modern Mercedes. It's really weird. The sad thing is, Ton, the one main major thing that's not the same anymore is that you're not allowed to bed several mothers like you were back in the rib. If you're listening to this now yeah. and you were around in the Mankato area 10 years ago, talk to your mom. The rib was something special. Even this Mercedes. At work, there's some people that call it the Mercedes. They'll say that. Like, ooh, you driving the Mercedes today or something? Those people are dumb. Don't listen to those people. But it's like it hasn't really caught on with its own like nickname or something really cool. Like, the Riv was the Riv. And you, everyone would be like, oh, is Ton taking the Riv? Well, do we get to take the Riv? <laughs> it was like a thing. Well, Ton, that was 10 years ago. That's crazy. Hey, we did play Guns N' Roses and Jesse and the Rippers. Man. In case you thought we had lost a step back then, you are mistaken. Big time. That was uh, 10 years ago in five count history. Sounds like a rocking show. And we're back. And we're back. That guy's name that we were talking about earlier in the show is Dennis Berkeley. Yeah, that guy. Died uh, July 14th, 2013 at the age of 67. Bummer. That is a bummer because it would have been fantastic to have him on the program. He was in a lot of stuff, Dust. He was in a lot of stuff. He was on King of the Hill. My name is Earl. Wow. A lot of stuff. Polly Shore is dead. Hmm. Hey, we had Polly Shore on the show. Yes, we did. The Drew Carey show, he was on that. Well... Ton, you know, you could go to the fivecount.com and relive that show where you talked and cried about your car. It's up there. Look it up. I should do that. Search Buick Riviera. Maybe it'll show up. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I've often said, uh, I, I, I don't know this to be fully true at this point in time, but ever since owning that Riv, I've always been like, you know what? If they make another Riv, I'm buying it instantly but I'd, i probably won't be able to afford it now if they make another one maybe uh, scour the junkyards who knows who knows what will happen anyways we should probably get back to playing some tunes oh okay well uh we could just play some music and then we'll come back and ton will probably tell you something real smart that you didn't know before hey it's the five count by the way thanks thank you so much Never thought it would end then. We 
we never thought it would end We used to carry on and drink and do the rock and roll We never thought we'd get older We never thought we'd grow cold But now This is Kane from WWE, and you're listening to The Five Count. Shaking with her stare 
This is Dr. C.C. At the sound of the tone, leave me your name and your telephone number, and I'll call you back. I'm Dr. C.C. Get your medicine for me. 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 I don't work in the daytime. I do all of my doctoring at night. And I don't have an office, but my van is alright I can't afford to get caught so I don't make house calls I like to meet on a lonely street where there's hardly any traffic at all yes I'm Dr. CC get your medicine for me I'm Dr. CC Get your medicine for me I'm Dr. C.C. Get your medicine for me I'm Dr. C.C. Get your medicine for me I specialize in loveology And I'd be happy to take your case Can't afford to fall in love Cause that's strictly out of place I can make you hotter than the 4th of July And I work with a slow hand When you need your prescription filled You can come back to see me again Yes, I'm Dr. C.C. Get your medicine for me I'm Dr. C.C. Get your medicine for me. Then you'll say, mm, I love it. I love say it again. Yeah. Mm, I love it. it. You'll say, mm, I love it. I love One more time. Mm, I love it. Get your medicine for me. 
Hi, this is John Waters, and you're listening to The Five Count. Keep on listening, or I'll have you killed. I got lots of problems. Female trouble. You think you're a man? You're a man. 
And we're back. Oh, yeah. Ton, we've talked so much about your old car that it's probably time to go. It really is. But we appreciate you listening, and uh, thanks to Mark Price for being on the program. It's the 35th anniversary of the film Trick or Treat. Awesome. You should probably get a copy. Do it now. Yeah. You probably find it at Walmart in that $3 bin or whatever. Or you could go to our Patreon page and watch the latest installment of the Five Count at the Movies and uh, sit with Ton and I and watch American Commando Ninja. Yes, that is a great film. You have good Hocus Pocus dust. Uh, Thank you so much. American Commando Ninja on the Five Count Patreon. Please go there right now. Don't forget, the fivecount.com has all the links to the Patreon page, to the GoFundMe page, TeePublic, YouTube, Facebook, all the things that you want to go and visit, we're right there. And don't forget to call the Five Count Hotline, 507-519-2030. Yeah. And uh, YouTube has the new co-op videos. And uh, that GoFundMe page, think about it. Ton and I are ready to pull the trigger on some new major big-time equipment that's going to make everyone real happy, or maybe you'll just be indifferent. I don't know, but yep. think it over. Also, go to Lori Dawn Ceramics, buy the five-count medallion. And awesome. I think that's it, probably. That's it. We'll see you next week. Tons jonesing for some Afro pop. <sighs> Thank mm-hmm. you.